Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. Welcome to SLP Coffee Talk, the podcast designed exclusively for speech-language pathologists who work with older students, grades 4 through 12. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, your SLP behind Speech Time Fun, the Speech Retreat Conference, and the SLP Elevate Membership. And I'm thrilled to bring you conversations, strategies, and insights that will give you the jolt of inspiration that you need. Whether you're tuning in during your morning commute, on a break in between sessions, or even during a well-deserved relaxation time, I am here for you each and every week. Let's do this, SLPs. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. Today, I have Rachel here from Connections with Rach. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to connect with you. Introduce yourself, tell everyone a little bit about you and your SLP journey. Sure. So I am an SLP. As much as I like to lead with that, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today was trying to identify ourselves beyond that title because I do it myself and I notice that the first thing I say when someone asks me about myself is, I'm an SLP. And that's a very important part of me, but I'm a lot of other things. I'm neurodivergent. I've got an ADHD, so that's always fun. I'm a Denver girl. I love being in the mountains. I love hiking. I've done a lot of travel and um, just opened a private practice as well. That's so exciting. Where was your favorite place to travel? Oh, man. So we lived in Madrid and I love Spain, but honestly, Greece was like, it is sisterhood of the traveling pants Mm -hmm. in real life and Mamma Mia. Love it. Do you have a favorite city in Greece? I'm going that deep. Santorini. Oh, love Santorini. Did you ride the donkeys? We didn't because I was determined to make it down the steps by myself, which was still difficult, but... We didn't either. We went for our honeymoon. It was like 110 degrees, and I just felt like this donkeys, 110 degrees, that just doesn't sound like something I should do. 100%, honestly. <laughs> yeah. But definitely my favorite city as well. So one more thing we have in common. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And you, I love it that you mentioned that like being an SLP is just one of your qualities. And it, often we start with that. But 
Talk about your journey of realizing that's just a piece of you. Yes. So I think for me, it really happened when I was living in Madrid and I was working as kind of just like a private English teacher because I'm not sure if you're aware the U.S. has an agreement with like maybe seven countries that you can still work as a speech therapist there. Spain is not one of them. So when I was living there, I couldn't work as a speech therapist. And I found when I'd meet new people, I would say I'm a speech therapist first. And I'd be like, but wait, I'm not a speech therapist right now. So why is that the first thing that I'm jumping to that? Yes, this is a huge, important part of me. But if I'm not in this role currently, does that really capture all of, of Rachel, all of the things that I bring? So I kind of had this like quarter life crisis being like, oh my goodness, what else am I? What do I do for fun? What are the other parts of myself? And, and am I honoring that in the decisions that I make every day? I love that. I love that, that you're like basically forced to, but it's now shaped who you are today and how you view your profession. We wanted to fund our life. We don't want it to be our entire life. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. I was listening to a podcast a few weeks ago and I don't know who said it, but someone on the podcast said, your role is not your soul. And I was like, shot to the heart. That is just so spot on that sometimes because we are such in this field empathetic, creative, ambitious people that we can sometimes take on way too much. And we start to define our worth through our highs and our lows at work. And then that can be really dangerous for our mental health and for our other relationships in our lives. So, so true. Talk about like embracing your various passions and how SLPs can like use that to fuel themselves. So for me, learning about my multiple passions really kind of came about when I got the ADHD diagnosis. So I was 26 when I got diagnosed. And I had just kind of noticed some of my habits that were always there, but were really amplified during COVID. You know, I'd have piles all around my house. I leave, I put down the water bottle. I'm like, and I looked back at my childhood and my family's nickname for me was Tornado Rage because I'd come in. I'd make a huge mess. I'd be super passionate and I'd leave and there'd be destruction. And I would do that with so many hobbies. I went from karate to swimming to soccer to theater and I did everything. And as I kind of started to get older, I started to realize I can still have hobbies and things I enjoy and I don't have to monetize them. And if I find space for them, it will make my job so much more fulfilling because I have other things that I can get energy from. I love it. I love it. Right. When they say you can't pour from an empty cup, like, yeah. And so often when we're in graduate school and our lives really are just speech therapy because we're in class, then we're practicums and this and doing homework. We forget about things that we just enjoy doing. So what would you say to someone that feels like they just don't have time to find their passion? Completely. And, you know, I think that's a really important thing to discuss too is, that's a level of privilege for sure to be able to say, I'm going to not take work home here. I'm going to not do these things. Sometimes, even in my early jobs, I had to take jobs that really did, I felt like consume me. And I had to learn how to make that work and kind of set that boundary of letting myself realize that maybe every single day is not going to be 100%. But if I want to survive and make ends meet, and find a level of joy, I have to kind of find that give or take. 
And for me, it really got to that point of when I was living in LA during my CFY, I burned out so bad, I ended up in the hospital multiple times. And the doctor said to me, you need to stop working. You're doing this to yourself. And I went, well, I can't. I, I have bills to pay. I have student loans. I have things to do. And he said, well, then you need to figure out how to do that in a way where you're not giving so much of yourself. And I went, oh. And I realized that many of us in this field operate at 150%. So my taking it down to like 80% might have been another worker's like 100%. And it was just kind of releasing some things. And lo and behold, when I did that, the work still got done and I was less stressed. What were some things that you had like the self-talk that you had to do at that moment to be able to be okay with releasing some things? Yes, definitely. It was kind of that question of, I kind of thought, and this is maybe a little morbid, but if I look back on my life when I'm at the end, you know, what are my regrets going to be? And I doubt I'm going to regret being at work more. If anything, I'll regret not taking that trip, not going on that date, not doing those things. And I kind of started to think in my future self and think, what would she do to make my present self happy? And so immediately, one of the first things I did was take my work email off my phone. I was like, if it's on my phone, I'm going to see it. And even if I don't answer it, I'm going to have that anxiety reaction. I'm going to get all worked up. And so that was the first thing I did was no more work email on my phone. That was my hard stop. <laughs> like if the kid doesn't have an R sound by three o'clock. It could wait till tomorrow. Like what pressing email? It, it can wait. That's exactly what I always thought was, again, our clients too, you know, we need to be a model for them. And so if we're not really modeling our effective boundaries and our effective, you know, regulation and passion, where are they going to see that from? If we're stressed and tired and angry all the time because we're working ourselves to the bone, are we really coming in regulated? Are we providing that model? And so I tried to think of, you know, when I was in school, teachers I looked up to and why. And I wanted to be that for my own clients. I love that. I love that. Just setting that those boundaries. What other? What are some other boundaries that you like to set other than no email on your phone? Another one for me is unless I truly, you know, have an eval or something that needs to be done for an insurance purpose or, or I need to get it done, I'm really not taking work home. I love the occasional laminate while I'm watching Sex in the City and I'll, you know, do some of those things. But the prepping and all of the extra for me, I almost wanted to challenge myself and say, let's go in and let's pick, pop the pig for the day. And let's see if you can actually make it work with all your clients and what could happen. Or give yourself a little bit of leeway of prepping things ahead of time to kind of just pull from. My sessions... I love everyone that can do the themes and the cuteness and mine don't always end up looking so pretty, but they're still very effective. So I kind of let go of that Pinterest version of myself that I was aiming for all the time. Students aren't on Pinterest, so they don't know what like it could have looked like. This is like if you set the bar high, like in the beginning, they're going to expect like glitter and sunshine and rainbows. But if you I'm not saying you set setting the bar level. Like they don't know. It doesn't need to be elaborate to be effective. Yes. And if that's something, again, I think the question always goes to, if that gives you energy, like preparing for your sessions and theming and doing all of that, then do it because it's giving you energy. 
But for me, when I looked at doing that, it was just stressing me out. To me, what gave me more energy was, you know, challenging myself to be a little bit more creative and do some of these things and think on my feet. And so that's kind of a thing I think everyone should do as a speech therapist is almost like a, an audit of the activities in their day that have to get done and kind of go through like a plus and a minus. Do you enjoy IEPs or would you rather work on the eval? Would you, you know, like to be calling parents or do you prefer the session, the hands-on therapy and kind of go through your day and the things that are going to drain you, learn how to not give so much in those things. So, so true. I know like calling parents, that always gives me like that anxiety. So I try to get it over with like in the beginning of the week. This way I'm not dwelling over it all week long. (laughs) Exactly. There's things we have to get done, right? There's things that are just a part of the job. But again, if you find the time, you know, your Mondays, you have more energy, you do it then, you know, Wednesdays are your slow day. It's kind of, you know, and I think it's just, it's always an ever-changing process. My boundaries that I set a couple of years ago are not the same as they are now, and they won't be in the future because our lives change. And that's super important too, is we all have a story. Most of us, I would say all of us are dealing with something, usually a level of stress, some trauma, things that are going on behind the scenes. And we have to learn how to balance all that out as life kind of, you know, likes to throw us those challenges. It's like the minute we get over one, there's another. And we just have to keep readjusting. (laughs) So, so true. I think my hard reminder of that or when it really hit home was when I was going through like fertility stuff. And I was like going doctor 6 a.m. before work. I just had to roll with the punches. It was survival. I couldn't be planning eight, t- 10 different sessions every day. I didn't have the energy for that. It made me prioritize and made me realize like what is really important. Exactly. And that's an invisible thing that you're carrying, right? Nobody knows maybe that you're dealing with that unless you share. And so that's something I always try to remember of when you see glimpses of, you know, either social media or you're shadowing someone or a friend and you're talking about things, remember that there's things behind the scene. You don't know why they made the choices that they made. So if you just go in with curiosity and the willingness to learn and ask questions rather than, you know, lead with judgment, I found that it makes kind of accepting where you are and not comparing to others as much, you know, comparison's a thief of joy. That's what they say. And you just don't know. So, so true. I think that's a great segue into overcoming societal pressures and expectations. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. You know, again, I think we're, we're in a really tough field. We're in a field that, for better or for worse, is very feminine dominant, you know, mostly women. I love when I see male SLPs. I think it's wonderful. But that's kind of the field that we're in. We're in a field of women and we're in the field of helpers. And again, in typical society, our role as women often in the history has been to lead the job, raise the kids, make the home, do all these things. And that is a lot of pressure to do all of those things. Again, according to the way that society's kind of always said, this is what a successful person or woman or speech therapist looks like. And so I think we have to kind of take a step back and say, okay, society says success is this, but what do I say success is? I'm sure you and I right now, if we had to give our definitions of success, would say completely different things. Mm -hmm. 
And so it's really thinking about, am I doing this because I want to or because I'm thinking I should? I try to get rid of the shoulds. That's a big thing in mindfulness, the idea that there's no shoulds, there's no judgment, there's no expectations, there's just what is. I love it. And I've been trying to get myself to saying, I get to versus I have to. It was another one of those sayings that helps get me through all that stuff. But I love it that there's so much societal pressures and that we have to feel perfect and also put together all at the same time. And we have to just remember what's our why. Why did we go into this field? What is your why? I love that question. So my why is both of my younger siblings, they went to speech therapy. I don't know if they were in early intervention, but I would say for, you know, the majority of their childhood and adolescent lives. And so for me, being the older sister and being a theater kid, I went, ooh, how can I be creative and playful and fun and use science and, you know, knowledge and curiosity all in one? And I said, speech therapy. That's that's exactly what a speech therapist is. It's all of those things. I mean, again, depending on the setting, you can go a little bit more medical, a little bit more play. But to me, that's kind of what I thought when I was younger, what a speech therapist was. Were you right? I'd say mostly. <laughs> again, when, when I was younger, I just thought it was a lot of artic focused. I didn't realize how many things we cover. And, and even today, it baffles me that our undergrad and graduate school focuses on all of the different domains we treat because there's just so much to learn and it is constantly changing. What would you tell brand new SLP, Rachel? I think I would say, again, don't be so hard on yourself. You know, be gentle with yourself and give yourself grace and know that this too shall pass. There are those hard moments. And when you're having those hard moments, it's okay to cry. It's okay to scream. It's okay to get mad. I don't love the idea of, you know, toxic positivity. Everything has to be a lesson and everything has to be positive. No, sometimes things just suck. And when you can sit there and actually feel your feelings and not try to talk your way out of it or intellectualize it, you're able to kind of move through it easier. And I wish my younger self didn't fight those feelings of frustration. Thinking, Why don't I love my job all the time? I'm, I'm supposed to love my job and just say, well, I kind of had a crappy day and, you know, that's okay. Tomorrow's another chance. So, so true. The benefit of what we do is after 30 minutes, we have another another chance. <laughs> so true. That is such a good point. Yes. I mean, the classroom teachers were like, they're stuck all day with the same kids. Like, I mean, they have to, they really have to wait till the next day. Like we can really just say like that group left and we can say, Phew, survived. No much respect for classroom teachers. I tell them every day, I could never do what you do. Seriously. We, we, we see the time that we get them. And then, like you said, we send them on their way and we have our moment of, okay, and then let's do it all over again. <laughs> so, so true. Thank you so much, Rachel. This was so amazing to just talk about how the importance of finding your other passions and making sure that's a part of your everyday life and making the time for it. And again, just remembering your why and realizing that like being burnt out is not a way to survive. I love it. All the tips that you shared and the mindset that you got into and not the comparison and the societal expectations. Where could everyone learn more about you and everything that you have going on and to offer? Yes. So I would say my main page is my Instagram, which is Connections with Rach. 
And that's my handle across everything, my website, Pinterest, TikTok, podcast, you name it. You just search Connections with Rach and you'll find all my goodies. Awesome. Definitely go check out her podcast as well. Rachel, I always end my episodes with a joke because jokes are fun and it builds rapport and lots of language. What is a tornado's favorite game to play? And I guess, mm-hmm. yeah, is it Twister? You got it. it. I love, wait, and I love, oh, I mentioned a tornado in this episode too. That's weird. <laughs> and I, I, I literally had it highlighted over here. Was not That was totally not planned. It's so funny. I love it. <laughs> Twister. <laughs> I love any joke that has games in it. Very playful and it's very SLP related. So thank you so much, Rach. Until next week, SLPs, I hope you're having a great week, great day, whether you are on your way to work, on your way home from work, doing the dishes, walking your dog. Stay out of trouble. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. It means the world to me that you're tuning in each and every week and getting the jolt of inspiration you need. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at my website, speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss any future episodes. And while you're there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys.